0: Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from OnShot.net. Special episode. Significantly out of touch. Indeed. Hello, hello! You are welcome to. If I were the minister for education from Anshar.net, this is Simon Lewis speaking, or rather, it's Simon Lewis whispering because I am recording this when everybody is in bed in my house. Uh, it is a few hours after uh, Norma Foley was on the hard shoulder of uh, that's on News Talk uh, uh, FM, um, speaking with Kieran Kudahy on his program, The Hard Shoulder. Today is the 13th of October. And the reason I'm doing this sort of midweek special episode is because it was most one of the most incredible um radio interviews I've heard um in the recent past with the Minister for Education, where I guess it really went to show and showed the weakness is that are clearly in the system. Uh, essentially that Norma Foley is completely unaware of what's happening on the ground and the representative bodies are clearly not telling her what's happening either. Um, I'm going to go through some of that interview. I've recorded snippets of it, which I hope, uh, which I'll play. I hope that's okay for me to do and um, give my comments on it. Um, The reason I'm whispering, as I said, is everybody's in bed, which might be just as well, because otherwise I'd probably be shouting. Yes, indeed, as Norma Foley herself said... This was an ambitious budget with significant investment, indeed. Uh, to quote her most favourite words, um, I, "I don't know how many times or how many ways spin doctors do their job, but they um, they make sure that uh, there's sound bites that are mentioned, and I think the word ambitious and significant, and possibly the word indeed." Um, are definitely keywords that Norma Foley has to use and tends to use quite a lot and it seems to be uh, something that's used and rightly so, which is also another one that seems to be the case. Um, Norma Foley um, in her budget, um, I suppose her her budget um, reaction, her own reaction to her own budget uh, seemed very, very pleased with her work and um, particularly in um, terms of special education which, as she mentioned several times, was 20% of the entire budget and cost 2 billion euro, and rightly so. And this is exactly the same figure as she was quoting uh, during the pandemic. I'm sure many of you might remember when she was talking about the significant investment into special education. So I'm not quite sure whether she's just repeating old figures or someone hasn't updated the script. Um, I felt the uh, interview with Kieran Cutty, like all interviews with Kieran Cutty, was was really really well done. It was it was brilliant, and I love how Kieran Kennedy starts off these interviews in a sort of a jovial way, tell us a, you know tell us a little about the budget, and gives the person a bit of time to you know sort of lull themselves into a false sense of security and indeed uh, as norman would say that's exactly what um he did where he gave her a good two and a half minutes uh, to speak about um all the uh, things that happens in the budget i'm going to save you um you know i'm going to i'm not going to play those for you i'm going to play little snippets of the interview um which i found very very interesting and i suppose one of the things that i found really interesting was the first question he put to her after she talked about capital investment in schools was, you know, to divide it up into, you know, different, you know, who was getting the money and so on and so forth. And uh, she went through that. And then he played a clip um, from um, a parent who was talking about this whale school somewhere, I don't know where it was, to be honest with you, uh, which is falling apart. And the clip went on for a while and the parent was given out that the school is falling apart and then he was giving out then that there were three new schools uh, buildings being built around them and uh, they've had nothing and he specifically brought up oh there was a new Educate Together building being built next door and so on and you know (sighs) Kieran Cuddy was asking about this and Norma Foley was, to be honest with you, she was, you know, making all the right noises and saying, oh, progress is being made and everything else. And we're spending a lot of money. We're spending, what is it, 792 million euro on capital uh, investment projects, 792 million euro. Now, I know that pales in significance to the 2 billion euro that is being spent on the National Maternity Hospital and being gifted back to the nuns. But 792 million, most of which will be gifted back to the church, um, is a significant amount of money. And I, I kind of find it interesting that... If uh, the health minister uh, had been on talking about the National Maternity Hospital, um, definite question from Talker or any journalist really would have been, and are you going to be giving gifting that to the nuns? Are you going to be gifting that to the church? And there'd be all furore on the media about it. Um, but when it comes to schools, you know, despite the fact that about, I would say, you know, a good percentage of that 792 million, I, I would imagine... I don't know. I don't know exact figures, but at least six hundred and fifty million of that will be gifted back to the church, and not, not a, not an iota about it. But you know, look, I have to mention that at every opportunity uh, that I can because that really isn't the point of this particular podcast. No, the point of this podcast is uh, really about special education and about banked hours and about how Norma Foley doesn't seem to be aware of the problems on the ground. So I'll leave you in her capable hands as she was explaining how much special education means and using her favourite sound bites. And listen then for the question following up from
1: Kieran Codohy. You know, 20%, you know, 2 billion is now being invested in special education and rightly so. And I think to match that, we need an ambitious programme both with our special education teachers
0: and our SNAs. If that is a priority of of you and this government and your department, why do you not allow schools to bank special education teacher hours where those teachers are used to cover absences of of, of teachers in mainstream classrooms? Ah, I don't think she was really expecting that, Um, although I can't see why she wouldn't. Um, if she'd been listening to or her advisors had been listening to news talk over the last few days because as um, many of you know who might listen to news talk um, some of my friends and colleagues in the uh, um, National Principals Forum have been on news talk for the last week uh, talking about this issue of t- uh, banked hours. For those of you who don't know what banked hours are um, these were an emergency measure um, that were brought in last year due to the fact that um, when a substitute couldn't be found for when a teacher was absent uh, as an emergency measure a set teacher so a special education teacher would be asked to um, step into the classroom and because a child with additional needs or the, the cohort of children with additional needs would miss out on their teaching for that day the school could then use those missing hours later in the year to maybe give a, a bit of a catch-up session to those children so maybe a few months later maybe when teachers out of training college in may um all those hours that were lost uh, could be given back to those children and um, through uh you know intensive an intensive program um because of the, uh, you know because to be honest with you last year the subcrisis uh had reached a peak and um, mainly because of covid related stuff where teachers had to be absent, uh due to uh, Um, pregnancy related uh, COVID issues but also just generally being absent because of um, potential uh, COVID issues but but, I mean apart from COVID issues uh, the general absences that teachers will have throughout the year through uh, short term illnesses and things like that or um, EPP days um, various various different types of leave uh, that teachers would generally have now the thing about it is there's been um, just to give a bit more of a backstory to this is um, I guess Special education teachers have been used to cover um, teacher absences long before COVID-19 came on our shores. And one of the things that's, I suppose, very annoying in a way is that the banked hours idea really should always have been there. We've had a substitute crisis in Ireland for at least... Um, at least since 2013 and um, maybe 2014 when teachers could not be found because in the middle of the recession in the depths of recession hundreds of teachers um, emigrated to um, different countries uh, middle east um, being being the main beneficiary and then there was the usual kind of absences that teachers would generally have throughout the year entitlements that they might have uh, some unpaid leave or or um extra personal vacation days and when um a substitute can't be found or isn't available uh, for a teacher i mean since time began uh, the special education teacher the is, is one that is usually drafted in and uh, schools would have had rotas to share it out the load and so on and um, this is when you know sometimes obviously school, class could be split but when there were number of teachers out Uh, you can't split you know classes completely indefinitely because you know you can only fit so many children into a room and so generally um special education teachers have been deployed into classrooms for many many years because of a substitution crisis which we thought or i thought peaked in 2016 but it's gradually got worse in 2018 the minister for education at the time richard bruton formally acknowledged that there was a crisis a substitute crisis in education and um A couple of pilot, um, I don't know why they're pilot, um, substitute panels uh, were um, introduced and during COVID-19 that was increased um, again. But the issue and the problem with these substitute panels is there just isn't enough to cover the needs around the country. And last year. Um, when we had a huge a, you know a huge problem where anyone who was pregnant wasn't allowed uh, to come into school so substitutes were needed for that um, but also um, you know tr- people who were who were sick or were isolating uh, needed substitutes and that's continued into this year there's still a, a massive crisis i mean even today um, on a small whatsapp group i mean there were uh, principals um, just they were they were down several teachers still today every i haven't i don't think i've had a day personally this year where there hasn't been a teacher absent for for some reason or another and most of the time we can't find substitutes to cover so ultimately we're left with no choice other than to have the special education teacher um covering the class where that happens now norma foley seems to be completely unaware that this was happening for some reason despite the fact that she's a teacher herself um that surely she should know and despite the fact that representative bodies i'm sure have been informing her of this crisis in fact i know they have been informing her of this crisis because only a week and a half ago the ippn the irish primary principals network they um surveyed uh, every principal in the country basically asking them um about the loss of hours to banked hours. And of the 670 something uh, principals that responded, that's 20% of all principals, um, almost all of them um, had said they've had to use a set teacher in the classroom um, for um, to cover uh, a class. And um, one of the other questions was how, how many days? Um, of the year at that time I think we were in school maybe 25 days how many of those days um, could you not find a substitute and again one in five schools said more than 10 days of the year they couldn't find a substitute so Norma Foley knows this because the IPPN have definitely told them they didn't survey us for the for the good of their health not to share it and I know they did share it um, coupled with that uh, the work of the National Principals Forum for the last number of years they've been harping on and on and on about the substitute crisis in fact Three years ago, I think, or was it two years ago, sorry, they uh, um, revealed that 70%, and this is before COVID, 70% of principals said they regularly used a SET teacher to cover a class for teachers' absence because of the substitute crisis. So none of this is new. And yet, this was Norma Foley's response.
1: Now we have a very uh, clear objective, is that the special education teacher should never be withdrawn to cover substitute. But they are
0: being withdrawn. We, no. We, 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 they, they... no. That's her response and she goes further to explain um, exactly how wrong we are.
1: I, I Could I just point out, okay, right, we have been very clear that the special education teacher going forward should never be withdrawn. There are a variety of other mechanisms available to schools, for example...
0: Yes, for example, I can hardly wait to find out what I've been doing wrong. And luckily for us stupid principals out there, who wouldn't have even thought of this? She lists all the things that the government have done and provided, even the things they haven't done and provided. She sets off by talking about the substitution panels that she set up, which um, are, are, are definitely more than they were before COVID, but certainly not enough. Again, for example, I haven't been able to use the sub panel, the panel, sp- this uh, special panel, on more uh, on more times than I have been able to use it. In some uh, schools in Dublin, I've heard um, that the sub panel is booked out until December. Um, so the sub panel clearly isn't working. She then goes on to talk about Subseeker, which isn't even her thing. Uh, that's actually the IPPN's um or or the INTO's uh, substitute finder, which again nobody has been able to find a substitute on for quite some time. And then she talks about changes to uh, career breaks and part time hours uh, where teachers who are on those breaks uh, can come back and teach. Now, the clue about being on a career break or going for part time hours means that that person probably doesn't want to be teaching. Um, so I, I, I'm not quite sure why she brought that up and it's an example. So there are the examples that she brought up, all of which principles know about and don't answer the question of what do we do when all those options are exhausted.
1: We also, might I say, have a principal helpline.
0: So, wait, wait one second, Ms. Minister Foley, what was that?
1: We also, might I say, have a principal helpline.
0: There's a, a principal's helpline for substitutes. I I, I I never heard about this. So, I hadn't. I mean, it came as a surprise to me, um, but lo and behold, <laughs> hidden in circular fifty twenty one, where this banked hours thing uh, comes up at the very end, it does say if you have any queries about this um, circular, that you can ring this phone number or email a special email. Now, the email is a COVID nineteen hotline email, and. On investigating the phone number, it was—it's the same number that we, as principals, would ring if we had COVID cases or needed advice on COVID nineteen. Now, at no time uh, did I ever hear that this special phone number, which, by the way, um, <laughs> this special phone number is is for the building section of the De- of the Department of Education. Um, but but that aside. Um, this 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 phone number was always for covid-19 related issues and not um for for questions around finding substitutes and in fact i can imagine if i rang that number and said oh by the way i can't find a substitute what should i do i'm pretty sure i'm not going to find any answers to it and in fact i think um tomorrow morning um that's exactly what a lot of principals are going to do now is is ring the phone number and uh, basically say um I I don't have a substitute, and the person on the other end "I think that phone number is not going to work tomorrow. It'll be engaged permanently." But um, essentially, what Norma Foley did there, uh was I don't know if gaslighting is the right word, but she she effectively said, "Oh, you know, we have this phone number for principals," um, and it it kind of was a curveball because I I had to I I didn't number one I didn't know it existed, and when I did go and find out about it, um. I saw that it was specifically for one purpose only at the time. Um, However, on further investigation from talking to other principals who tried ringing the phone number um, to talk about the bank hours, they um, couldn't get through to anyone. Uh, Apparently it wasn't being answered. Um, So nobody was speaking to anybody in there. I actually then um, remembered on the day of the uh, circular coming out emailed the email address that's um on that it's a covid19 uh, email address so i emailed basically um that email address saying basically what is going on this is a ridiculous situation um i'm just, i haven't got a reply um and from talking to colleagues this evening it seems to be across the board that um no one has replied to those emails and that phone number wasn't in service uh, i'm pretty sure it'll be in service tomorrow and there's emergency training going on right now in the depths of the night a very curious um response um by norma foley there and certainly um is either a lie or was uh, not shared um with uh, people within the system
1: and then we engage in an ongoing basis you know, my officials engage in an ongoing basis with all of the partners in education. So
0: So she goes on to talk about how the partners in education, by the way, namely uh, the INTO, the IPPN, the CPSMA um, in the main and amongst other um, uh, bodies have welcomed these um, initiatives that the Department of Education have said they brought in. And in fairness to her, they kind of have. If you look back at the INTO Press releases and the IPPM press releases. The, the, there's this kind of strange thing that they do. Um, when they're even when they're unhappy with a measure, they seem to decide that they need to welcome some of these measures. They'll say things like, "While we welcome the whatever measure it is, we are usually highly concerned or dismayed or disappointed or whatever it might be uh, that such and such a like the major thing." So they they welcome teeny slivers of things like breadcrumbs and then react disappointedly so when norma foley just there says that the um, partners welcomed these initiatives she isn't actually not she isn't actually telling lies and what she's basically saying is that the partners aren't coming back to her um with reports uh that of, of a crisis because as she says they're welcoming things now I'm not naive enough to think to believe every uh, believe what she's saying is absolutely hundred percent true because as we know, i said earlier, the IPPN have given her facts uh, about the substitute crisis. I'm sure the INTO um, have also given her facts about the crisis, though I don't know they have. Uh, it's now eleven o'clock at night after this interview, five six hours after the interview, and neither the IPPN or INTO have come out at this point to say anything about that radio interview because i think this radio interview is possibly um a marker and um, in terms of the disconnect between the department of education and the people on the ground when when the minister for education doesn't recognize that there is an absolute crisis in them um, in in a, in a very simple area of just a shortage of teachers and pretends and basically is saying um, and, and the question that Kieran Cuddy was getting to was, um, you know, are you saying all oh, these principals aren't working hard enough to get them, or uh, get substitutes and so on and she kind of pretty much was, she was kind of talking about it. I'm surprised she didn't say a suite of measures which seems to be the other popular phrase that they're told to say so I kind of think um, something is amiss here when the when, when the minister is, is just simply completely unaware that there's an issue here and, and I really would question why that would be and indeed that's what Kieran Cuddihy asks uh, Norma Foley why is it happening so I suppose when you're up against the ropes as Kieran Cuddihy does so so well well what's your best course of action well the minister thinks I suppose first of all I think we should criticise the schools.
1: Well, I would have to say to you, um, it, is, it is not best practice in any shape or form for a special education teacher to be withdrawn um, from class.
0: And while you're kind of thinking about whether that's the right tack and realise, oh wait, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I should just deny that there's a problem completely altogether and just pretend everything's fine. Sure, everything's grand. Last year there was a problem, all right, and we sorted that out. Whereas this year, there's no problem whatsoever.
1: And can I say to you, um, this worked last year in terms of all of the various measures we put in place. It was seen as an, a, you know, an exceptional measure last mm. year. We're in a very different situation this year. The vast majority of our, um, of our staff and schools are fully vaccinated.
0: Which is a completely irrelevant point.
1: Um, we do have, as I say, the availability of which we have extended our substitution panels. And if so, there is a specific issue in a specific yeah. area where principals cannot, um, you know, have specific challenges, then I would suggest that they would make themselves available to the principal helpline.
0: And with that, some poor civil servant on that 057 number looked up and went, "Oh my God, what am I going to do tomorrow?" When over 2,000 principles are going to rain on down on me with, hell, I don't know, fire and brimstone and asking me, can I have a substitute? Can I have a substitute? Can I have a substitute? Because there are no answers. We know there's no answers. And this gish gallop of basically saying this principle hotline is available to answer any problems, it won't give any solutions. It won't give a single solution. There are no substitutes and effectively by throwing that line out to uh kieran kuddy at that time basically i mean how does he know there's no principal hotline in fact you know no principal in the country knew there was a principal hotline uh, where substitutes could be found which which we know is just not true um, is it's just shocking it just goes to show that when in doubt you know first of all blame the uh blame the people who are raising the problem Number two, deny there's a problem at all, and then number three, just make any out nonsense up, invent a hotline for some reason uh, which will solve all the problems um I mean it was it, it was a classic um demonstration of someone who is completely out of their depth um I was listening to this earlier on I, I just I, I just couldn't believe the audacity of this 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 minister. she is absolutely um i mean beyond redemption she's been beyond redemption for quite some time and really in reality um i think the game is up uh i don't think anyone believes anything anymore um this performance has been is just a, a great demonstration and how out of touch and you know what a what a waste of an opportunity this has been for someone who by profession is a teacher um not every teacher in the country, in fact, very very few teachers in this country ever get to be the minister for education. When you get to be the minister for education, it puts you in a, the most powerful position you could possibly um, be put in, where you can actually make huge changes to for the betterment not only uh, of children across the country, but to your colleagues in your profession who you've uh, and possibly the reason. Why you went into politics to make better of society to make things better for your your, your background what you've come from in, in in her case from education how could she possibly how, i mean you know have wasted this opportunity by simply rabbiting off whatever some senior civil servant has told her to say and what some spin doctor media trainer has told her to say instead of and I, I just feel that she, when she's when she's out of the doll, which I assume I can't see how she'll be elected, but I mean, you know, crazier things have happened. But it, you know, she'll look back and go, "What? What? What a, what a waste! What? What I could have done, um, and I didn't, I didn't do it. And and imagine looking back in your life and thinking of the opportunities you could have had, and just not doing it. It 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 just makes me it makes me as cross as this interview made me and rather than you know just being being honest she just reiterates the same untruths again
1: and again and um, this issue has not been flagged via the principal helpline uh, and as i said also we engage on an ongoing basis with all of the representative bodies for principals deputy principals teachers and all of that and again it is not an issue that has been flagged
0: or I suppose to paraphrase my favourite TV show, The Simpsons, when uh, Seymour Skinner uh, was wondering whether he was out of touch, Norma Foley might ask, Is it me who's out of touch? Thinking for a second. No. No. It's the principles that are wrong. So um, some of you might be wondering, well, what is the solution? Norma Foley gish-galloped away throughout the rest of the interview she never gave in um that there could be any possibility that there is a problem and um, it is all principal's fault for not working harder because there are a range of measures they could go with um without actually mentioning any of those ranges of measures and um when kieran could he pressed her again further on like well what happens when they ring the principal line uh, does anything happen um she really had no answers whatsoever so i guess is it up to, <laughs> it's not up to me to tell you what the answers are because I don't have them either. But the reality is the answer and this is um, across the board. Nothing has changed. Um, well, before COVID-19, there was a substitute teacher crisis. There was a teacher crisis in general. And when teachers are absent, the only port of call for teachers or for schools is to bring in the special education teacher to the classroom to cover um when a teacher is absent because there are no substitutes available out there or very very few and they're exhausted. Um you know that sorry when I say they're exhausted I, I mean that the substitute panels are exhausted. During COVID-19, despite the fact that they were increased, the substitute panels were still exhausted. None of the other initiatives or whatever they are subseeker or anything like that ever had people on them. You must you'd be very very lucky to find a substitute on them. Most schools have no choice to, to uh, other than to bring a special education teacher into the classroom you can't have a situation where your class are not supervised um and, and and that's the fact of it i mean the only solution is if if you're not allowed to use a special education teacher the only solution is to send a class home and that's not something that's going to happen i think theoretically a lot of teachers and a lot of uh, principal would say oh well we'll just have to send children home if the substitute can't be found but the uproar um that would ensue um if a principal did that and basically said well i have you know three or four set teachers but i i'm I, they have to be used for something else so we have to send off the other 29 children in the classroom and when that set teacher is kind of finished with your child's withdrawing them from the class you know that child will have to go home because his teacher obviously isn't in you know it logically doesn't even make sense i mean even the people that are calling for sending the classes home the logic behind it is flawed because the set teacher that's there doesn't take you know one child in a day so let's say your one child is the child that you know you insist the set teacher is there so they give your child a half an hour of support and when that's finished where do they go to if their teacher's out you're gonna have to take them home again isn't it better i mean it's not it i mean obviously the long-term solution is not to to have to use set teachers i mean it's, it's a ridiculous solution anyway there should be more teachers available to schools i mean there hasn't been a single day since the pandemic has started where i haven't where i've, I've had a full um set of, of of teaching staff in the school um, i'm in a very big school and that would be normal across schools uh, any big school i've worked in before you would there was never a day where there wasn't somebody out for some reason um, and, and that would be across most um, industries, I would imagine that when you have a large number of staff that at least one is out, maybe on a training course or someone might be sick, they might be taking a holiday time, you know, these kind of things. So, you know, it's it's no different in schools where, where this kind of um, where this kind of stuff happens and bringing in um having having more substitute teachers available is obviously the long-term solution but because we have a teacher crisis and we don't have enough teachers and um, it's not something that's going to be solved within a number of, for, for a couple of years so in the meantime as an emergency we have to get cover from the teachers that we have within the staff and um, sadly um, the, uh, it is better to use your set teachers than it is to send children home and and that's a reality and isn't it better that your child gets some support from a qualified teacher for the full day rather than 15 20 minutes half an hour and then be sent home for the day i mean ultimately look i think i've labored the point a little bit um but uh, that's um i suppose the reality of uh being on the ground look i think minister has embarrassed herself with this interview i've um i hope it's been okay for me to use those clips from the radio interview and thank you to um you know and i i, I think it's great that you know radio stations like news talk uh, make their interviews available to people after them uh, it gives us a chance to listen back over them and um you know try and find bits and pieces that might be um might be very useful um, you know, for, for thinking back on. Um, this has been a humiliation, I feel, for the Minister. Kieran Cuddy has, should be extremely proud of what he's doing. He's highlighting uh, something that's been going on in the education system for a long time, well before COVID, like most of the things that have been going on uh, in the education system have all predate COVID-19. There's a couple of question marks, I think, at the end of this uh, podcast, a uh, special episode that I'd like to ask. Uh, I mean, the most obvious one is how, is the Minister for Education and her department so out of touch with what's happening on the reality on the ground. I actually believe she does not realise how bad the situation is. So that leads with the next question is, why are the representative bodies who meet with her every week and ensured us that they were meeting every week on a weekly basis, how have they not told her that this is a crisis? And I mean, Or have they been doing that and she hasn't been listening? Um, The minister is very choosy in who she chooses to meet. She refuses to meet um, with uh, several groups, um, including the National Principals Forum, who've been harping on about this issue for over uh, two years. Um, She refuses to meet with lots of other um, lobby groups uh, for different reasons. And she does have the ear, though, of the IPPM, which is the Irish Primary Principals Network, and she does have the ear of the INTO, who she is supposed to meet with every, every week as well. Now, I can't imagine that they aren't um, telling her. But when they say things, and this is a lesson maybe they need to learn, when they start welcoming breadcrumbs, they, they need to expect that that's going to be quoted back at them. And sure enough, it was thrown back in their face. They also need to look, I suppose, at the wider picture of the budget. When they, if you look at both of the responses to the budget today, you'll, you'll notice um, it's, they're very disappointed because they lobbied hard and got almost nothing of what they asked for. So it's a question, it's another question that has to be asked. And I suppose the final question is, when will the Minister for Education speak to teachers on the ground? It's it's well beyond time. Um, I think, you know, if the Minister is to survive um, any longer than she's managing to survive for, she's gonna need to meet with people on the ground, she's going to need to meet with the lobby groups, she's going to have to listen to people that are going to tell her some truths, things that she possibly doesn't want to hear. But unless she does that, I don't think she's going to be the Minister for Education for very much longer. So there we have it. Uh, That is, I suppose, a bit of a rant uh, for uh, over 35 minutes based on this uh, short, very short interview with Norma Foley. Um, Sorry about the sound quality. I am sort of speaking quite low uh this evening so hopefully have your volume turned very well up and um listen i i I just feel this might be one of the last interviews from norma foley the way things are going um I, i i don't wish ill on anybody but it that was terribly embarrassing um, again, a big thanks to News Talk and to Kieran Goodahee for keeping the story alive. Uh, I believe uh, this story is going to run a little bit longer and um, hopefully it does because this this has to stop all this nonsense, the lies, the spin and everything else. It's all going to catch up and uh, we just need it to stop and we need to be started. Uh, schools and principals, children, teachers, everybody working within schools has to stop being gaslighted um, or gaslit. I don't know what the... Uh, Passive for that is, but it needs to stop, and we need to be treated um, with the respect that we deserve. Thanks very much for listening. We'll catch you soon. Bye bye.